Welcome to the Property CEO Podcast, your inside track to the world of property with your hosts, Ian Child and Richie Clapson. Hello and welcome to the Property CEO Podcast. My name's Richie Clapson and I'm here with Ian Child. Hello everyone. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about goal setting. But if I understand correctly, Ian, this isn't just the usual spill about why you should set goals, is it? No, I wanted to look at goal setting from a slightly different angle because I think most people understand the importance of why we all should set goals. It's just that they often find it difficult to do. So we'll be trying to make it uh, a little easier for people. Fantastic. So I look forward to that. And uh, how has your week been? Um, Well, I mean, actually, come to think of it, uh, I know how your week's been. You've had a very nice, uh, you know, a bit of time running some solo projects, haven't you, it would seem? Right. <laughs> yeah, come on, you know, come to think of it, we haven't seen much of you at all in the office this week. No, it's, um, it is true that I've been doing a spot of travelling this week up and down the country. Anywhere nice, by chance? You know exactly where I've been, so don't pretend that you don't. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to see if you started to feel, you know, even the slightest twinge of guilt or remorse for what you've gone and done. <laughs> we've, been, we've been through all this. It was a spur-of-the-moment thing. Uh, what can I say? It, it, it just happened. Yeah. I, I, I just acted on an impulse. Right. And there, and there was just no way that you could have called to let me know. No, I didn't have a signal. Oh, really? That was convenient, wasn't it? Look, I don't see why we have to go all through this again because to be honest it was pretty embarrassing enough the first time i think our audience have a right to know well i think i've spoken to them both about it already yeah and you've done that gag before plus i think i think (laughs) we're up to three now so anyway but look that's not the point the point is that a partnership's got to be built on trust and when one of you cheats behind the other's back you know i don't know it just calls everything into question Okay, don't you think you might be blowing this a little teensy-weensy bit out of proportion? No. (laughs) What do you want me to say? I called to apologise when I was there. I apologised when I came back. I even stopped at a service station on my way back because you insisted I I, I send you a a photo. Yeah, well, to to be honest, it feels a bit too little too late. And, uh, you know, I don't think you sent me the best photo anyway. You kept that one for yourself. Really? What, you think that when I, when I send you a photo from my phone, it somehow sends the original one so I don't have it anymore? Or do you, or do you think I'd, I'd take some, I don't know, perverse pleasure in holding back the best photo just so you don't yeah. have it and I do? Did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, I have all the photos, and now guess what? You have all the photos yeah. as well. We both have all the photos, which is a little bit weird given the circumstances but there you go i'm glad you've got a hobby no look i'm, I'm absolutely fine about it now you know to be fair, i couldn't be happier you know but uh, you know it's just it just shook me a bit at the time when you told me i mean it was hard to take right w- would it help <laughs> if i confessed my oh. sins on the podcast oh. would that i don't know would that would that help purge whatever bad karma you still have about this whole <laughs> sordid issue you know, you know what? I think it would. Fine. <laughs> and then you promise me that you'll shut up about it and you won't mention it ever again? Yes. Promise? I promise. Okay. I thought it might. So, bear with me in one second. I took the liberty of drafting a short... What have you got there? Short confession. <laughs> uh, before we started recording. Okay, so do you want to hear it? Go on, no, I'm looking forward to this. Okay, hold on, let me just get it. Yeah. 
Okay. Here we go. Go. I, Ian Child, being broadly sound of mind, hereby confess that this Wednesday last, I did heinously and with malice of forethought travel to Lincolnshire without the knowledge of my short but trusted <laughs> business partner, Mr. Richie Clapson. There I visited a purveyor of fine sporting automobiles and without a moment's hesitation, it has to be said, I embarked on a frenzied and mercifully unaccompanied test drive across that green and pleasant county without the presence of my aforementioned short but trusted business partner. For this, I am deeply ashamed and would like to apologise to my friends, my family and business colleagues who have been severely let down by my actions. There you go. Will that do it? I think you've got too much time on your hands. And actually, to be fair, are you being sarcastic? No, 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 no. No, I, I truly meant every single word of it. And it was irony and not sarcastic. <laughs> okay, well, look, thanks for that, I, I think. And, um, I mean, how did your illicit trip turn out for you? Ah, interested now, are you? Well, I'd say it, it did. Um, it actually went very well, thanks. I even, uh, I think I may have made a small investment. I see. And when do you take delivery of this new investment? I actually pick it up next week. Uh, when exactly? <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to tell you. You're just going to have to wait and see. Well, that's fine. doesn't bother me either way. Yeah, right. Would you like to come with me when I pick it really? up? Really? Can I? No. <laughs> not a chance. You'll do what you always do in car showrooms, and then I'm not going to be able to go back there again. Tell you what I will do, though. Um, we, I've worked it out. We're presenting that evening, so why don't I can drive straight back f- to yours from the dealers, and so you can be the first to see it. What, what time? That? What time will you be back? Um, about uh, 7, 7.30. Well, so good. It'll be dark. Do you know... I really think you may need to get some counselling on the whole car thing because it's really not very healthy. Okay, I'll I'll think about it. I will definitely think about it. Right. In the meantime, though, important as that news is, and perhaps most important news that is ever going to be, let's turn to let's turn to goal setting, shall we, and see if we uh, can't make life a little bit easier for people who are looking to hit some big personal and business goals this year. Okay, sounds like a plan. Um, I think the first thing to really reinforce uh, here is that personal goal setting is just about the most important aspect of, uh, of personal development and success building that there is. And if you think about it, uh, most mindset and personal development activity is aimed at making you more effective so that you can reach your goals. But if you don't have any goals in the first place, then it all becomes rather mm-hmm. pointless. You've got you know, no idea what you're trying to achieve, so you won't be able to plot a path so that you, you, you can actually get there. So whether uh, they have personal goals or not, I think most people can appreciate that they're a, a pretty good idea. Okay, so, so let's assume that everyone's on board with the principle of goal setting. What can they do to make it easier to achieve? Well, I think the first thing you need to deal with um, is, is what lots of other people refer to as their why. So this is basically the reason why you have goals in the first place. Now, the problem that a lot of us have uh, is either that our whys uh, are not well enough defined or they're linked to things that we want rather than, than things that are an absolute must-have for us. Yep. Now, if, if you've got vague whys, it's normally because you've not really taken the time to think about them. You may have some, I don't know, some vague aspirations to be you know, wealthy or to be healthy, but you've not really delved into the detail. The important thing to do here is to make sure that you keep delving until you get to the, I guess, the, the root cause of your why. So this is where we can use maybe the five whys trick, uh, you know, that Toyota used, where you keep uh, you know, asking why 
until you get the real reason behind something. You delve Absolutely. into it. No, spot on. So... An obvious example is is if you said that your why is that you absolutely have to make your business a success. You know, that's your, yep. your why. Then, then you ask yourself why you need to do that. Normally, there will be an underlying reason such as being able, I don't know, provide for your family mm. and so on. So it's kind of, it, it's really important to be able to keep asking why until you get to that underlying reason. So you know, in that case, it wasn't that the... Uh, making your business a success was the big why. The big why was what was a level down from that, which was, you know, something related to your family. Quite often you'll find that the reasons uh, are deeply personal and quite often, you know, very emotive. There's a, there's a great quote, um, I forget who it's from. It says, um, if your why doesn't make you cry, it's not your why. Oh, it's a bit deep, isn't it? Very deep. For, I might uh, be well up in a minute. That's a good point, though. I like that. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's spot on. It gives you, yeah, you should be thinking about that, you know, how... How important is that why? So for me to buy a new sports car, if I don't get it, I'm going to be in tears. Exactly. It's, it's not, it might not be that important. but it's, it's, <laughs> To me. <laughs> I like and it. Um, that's kind of linked to the second problem, which is if your, your why is something that you want rather than something mm-hmm. you must have. So um, picking something out of the air, you know, if, you, if you told me your why was that you simply had to have a fleet of high-performance sports cars, I would suggest that something that you want rather than something that you must have. Well, I think, as I said earlier, I think we may need to agree to disagree on that particular example. <laughs> yes, I mean, there are, I guess, exceptions to every rule. Well, that is, uh, yeah, that is a rule. It's just odd that it seems to be you it on so many occasions. Cry, so it's my why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, so getting your why or whys, because you can have certainly more than one of them, Sorted at the outset is hugely important because it allows you to make that emotional connection between the, the actions you take and the big reason why you're, you're doing it. Next thing we need to do is take a look at how many of us usually um, approach our goals. Um, if I was to pick another subject completely at random, let's say we've decided to invest in a training course because we want to learn how to, to do something new, you know, something perhaps a bit life-changing. Mm. Now, the language that we use internally quite often means we fail before we've even started because what we do is we say to ourselves, I'm going to give this course a try and see how I get on. And we kind of feel really good about ourselves, you know, for taking the plunge and, uh, and going for it. Is that, is that wrong then? Absolutely it is because what we, what we should be saying is I've invested in this course because I'm 100% certain it is the system I should use to help me reach my goals, you know, change my life, make me financially successful. Other people have done it, so I know it can be done. I'm going to do it too, and I will make it work. Okay, so that's, that's quite a dramatical difference uh, in emphasis, isn't it? Dramatical? Is that a word? Is that even a word? <laughs> it could be a word. I think you should make up some new words on every podcast. <laughs> No, it, I think you mean dramatically different. Yeah, I guess um, that. Okay, and, and it is, uh, because basically you're giving yourself uh, a good talking to right at the start, so that your, your brain makes the association between you buying the course and the end result, which is achieving your goals. You know, you want to get to the point where your brain believes that failure is simply not an option. Now, there's often a very small gap, as we all know, between success and failure. And so the way in which we, we kind of frame things in our mind can, can really make all the difference. So make sure you give yourself good talking to right at the start. Okay, so we've got our why and uh, we've given ourselves a good talking to. So what's, what's next? Right, so next thing you need to do is to be specific. 
lot of people have these kind of very broad generic goals which actually serve no purpose whatsoever because you can't build a bridge from where you are now to, to get to them. And of course, a lot of people's goals aren't really goals. Things like wanting to be rich, yeah. uh, wanting to be happy, wanting to spend more time with the family, you know, they, they're all great outcomes, but they're not goals. They're actually the result of achieving your goals. So if you get very specific on a goal, then the point is you'll know when you've achieved it. You know, simply being rich or happy isn't clear enough because you can't tell when you've got there. So when you set a goal, a good trick is to use the old SMART approach where um, SMART is an acronym. Um, you've come across SMART before, haven't you? Well, I was going to say yes, uh, loads of times, but if I admit to it, you're going to, uh, you're going to make me try and remember what SMART stands for, in which case, uh, no, uh, it's the first time I've ever heard of it. Do you really think I'd do that, do you? No, don't, don't worry. Let me, let me go through it. So S uh, stands for specific. Make your goals clear and concise. Um, M stands for measurable. So you need to be able to, to track your, your, your progress uh, and also to, to know when you've, when you've reached the target. A stands for attainable. So you've got to be realistic. You can't set yourself an impossible goal. Yep. Um, R is relevant. So do they, do they move you forward to where you want to get to? You can set goals, but if they're going off in the wrong direction, then there's no point. And T stands for time-bound. So you need to have a target date for achieving the goal. Otherwise, you'll simply go on forever and ever trying to achieve a goal and you, you may never get there. Well, well done. That's exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, I thought it was. So... Um, so in a nutshell, your goals should be something that give you uh, the outcome you want, uh, but they, they're not going to be the outcome itself. They're just the route of getting there. So if you, if you want to spend more time with your family, then your goal might be to recruit I don't know, a right-hand person by the end of the year who can take care of some of the specific tasks that you currently do yourself. The goal doesn't, yeah, it doesn't need to mention your family specifically, but in that example, the impact of achieving the goal is that you have more time for yourself and your family. So I can, I can see that. Because you're, you're specified that you'll do it by the end of the year, I can see that you've made it time-bound. But yeah. how, would you, how would you make it measurable, maybe out of interest? Okay. Um, well, the outcome in that example, I guess, is, is binary. Since you, you know, you've either, you'll either hired somebody or you won't. Um, and, and to be honest, that's all you need to do to make it measurable. What you want to avoid is a goal that you, you, that you won't know whether you've achieved it because it's unquantifiable or it's not specific enough. So, for example, if your goal was to get, I don't know, better at golf by yeah. a certain date, um, unless you allocate a kind of measurable target to that, uh, like, for example, your golf handicap going down to a specific figure, then it won't be measurable. Does that make, uh, does that make sense? No. Not at all. I mean, why would anyone want to play golf? It's beyond me. Yes. So many things are beyond you, aren't they? I've worked out. Um, but that leads me on to the second key thing about goal setting, which is being able to, to break your big goals into smaller sub-goals. Now, I should warn you, uh, in this bit, I, I normally end up saying the word sub quite a lot. Is that going to be a, an issue for you? I think, it, I think I could live with that. Cool. Okay. So if we go back to that example of recruiting an assistant, um, even though the outcome is binary, you can still track your progress because there's a whole series of smaller steps that are involved. So what would you do? You'd, you'd start by writing a job description, then you'd go to a recruitment agency, you'd then interview people, you'd appoint someone, then you'd train them up and, and so on and so forth. So the really important point to note about setting these, these sub-goals is that they automatically mean you achieve the bigger goal. 
So I see. So what you're saying is that if you achieve the sub-goals of, of writing a job description, going to a recruitment agency, interviewing candidates, appointing someone, and then training them, if you do all of those, then you'll have automatically achieved the bigger goal, which is, uh, you know, was to recruit the right-hand uh, person uh, by the end of the year and someone who can take care of those specific tasks that you, you currently do yourself. Yeah, exactly right. And the same rule applies to sub-sub-goals. So, for example... Um, if we take one of their sub-goals, which was uh, a re- uh, hiring a recruitment agency. Uh, so that's the sub-goal, but the sub-sub-goals, the ones that sit underneath that, would be, what would you do? You, you, put, you start off by pulling together a short list of agencies, then you'd arrange meetings with them, then um, you'd physically obviously have the meetings, yep. you'd then judge them based on uh, whatever criteria you set. Uh, you'd, you'd select one of them, agree some terms and the pricing, everything else, and then you'd formally appoint them. Um, and of course, if you do all of those things in that order, you will automatically have achieved the sub goal, which is to appoint um, the, the outfit in the first place. So yeah, it's automatically done. So I've got it, and and that makes uh, a really important point about goal setting, doesn't it? That there's there's an automatic process to this. Yeah, absolutely. So just about every big goal you can think of can be broken down into these sub goals, and each sub goal can be broken down again into sub sub goals, and so on, and. Because these sub-sub goals are actually not that difficult or time-consuming to tackle, they appear to be very achievable. So even where the big goal on its own can seem pretty big and scary, um, because achieving the sub-sub goals automatically means that you achieve the sub-goals, then your success is automatically guaranteed if you achieve the sub-goals. It's, it's very logical, but it's also very powerful because the sub-sub-goals are a heck of a lot easier to do than the big goals themselves. You didn't say sub very much, did you? Okay, so that, that's great. So what would you say would be the best way of structuring your goal-setting then? Um, well, from so speaking personally, I guess you've got goals for different areas of, of your life. So I've seen people split goals into various different categories, I think the, the general approach is to have goals for those sort of key life areas, so financial, uh, health, so that would be you know, keeping fit and so on, yep. uh, spiritual side of things. Uh, also, you're focusing on, on you and sort of mentally you know, the educating yourself and, and continuing to kind of have an active mind and study and educate yourself. Uh, career, obviously, is another one, uh, and the, your goals that you have in that area. And then the last area is probably a combination of different things. So it's it's going to be your family, it's going to be your friends, your, your sort of social engagement. Mm-hmm. And, and that would include, obviously, the things perhaps that you do um, So from a society perspective. So, you know, giving some of your time, money, resources, whatever, to, to help the world a better place, that side of things. So what I would say, though, I mean, that, that covers kind of everything. If it sounds too complicated, just stick to the main ones, which uh, certainly to start off with, which most people will be... Um, revolving around career and wealth uh, and maybe health as well. So if you can imagine you've got these um, these categories listed in a column, in, in the first column, uh, column A, and then in column B you have your, your SMART goals for each one for a specific time period because yep. we're making them tie-bound. Um, again, there's many ways of doing this, but I like to start in kind of, if you, if you can imagine the far right column of the spreadsheet with my ultimate goals for each of those in, say, I mean, it could be 10 or 15 years. I mean, we're going quite a long way out where I ultimately want to end up. 
And then I work backwards from that, um, going back towards column A. So in the next column, for example, might be, you know, what's my goal? What, what am I, what's my target of five years? And then three years, and then one year, and then six months, three months, and then maybe even a month. 15 years is a long time for you at your age. It is. I think you've just got one goal, <laughs> and that's still to be here. <laughs> you've, been, you've, been, you've been looking at my spreadsheet, haven't you? So, um, so let's pick an example. If we were to say that we're using uh, your net worth as, as a target, what you, you might say that your goal is to have uh, a net worth of, I don't know, £10 million in 10 years' time, let's make it simple. So then what you'd be doing is you'd be putting a figure of £10 million in the 10-year uh, the, the column, but then you need to now put a, a figure in your five-year column and then in your three-year and so on. But, of course, it probably won't be a straight line, yeah, and that's yeah. where it's really important with goal setting. Just because you hit £10 million in 10 years doesn't mean you're going to hit £1 million after one year. So the exercise forces you to, to kind of plot a realistic curve that allows you to, to reach that 10-year target over time. And then once you have your big goals for each timeline by category, you can then start creating your sub-goals and then sub-sub-goals, there they are again, uh, for each one. I mean, that potentially sounds like quite a lot of work, doesn't it? Well, which is why most people never do it. It goes back to one of those really odd quirks of our brains, which, um, which is that we place this disproportionate value on avoiding short-term pain. So even though it would make us fantastically happy and wealthy in, in the long run, you know, in the future... Um, so, you know, absolutely, most people look at that and they think, well, you know, that looks like hard work, I won't bother. Which is really bizarre when it could make them radically more successful and happier in the long term. So, so uh, if I took my matrix, I can see that it goes out as far as 10 years. But how far does it go, say, the other way? Do, do we stop setting goals for one month or three months? Well, what you want to get to is a place where you're setting tasks that achieve your, your daily goals, basically, which, which then, in turn, mean you hit your, your weekly goals and then your monthly goals and so on okay. right up to the 10-year goals. But it's, it's, uh, it goes back to that really key point. Unless you tie back your goals to daily actions, then you'll struggle to achieve them. There's no point in having a big, big map on the wall of all of your goals and sub-goals if the work that you then do on a daily basis has nothing mm. to do with them. You've always got to be making progress towards them. I mean, that all, that all makes sense. So, so once you've sorted out your, your matrix, uh, is that it? You basically keep on setting daily actions and they're aligned uh, with your goals and then you, you've just moved forward? Uh, well, in a nutshell, uh, yeah. But okay. one of the things you should always do is take the time out to review your goals regularly because you know, things change both in terms of, of circumstances for yourself and, uh, but also what you want to achieve. And there's no point in blindly following a, a, you know, a 10 or 15-year plan if your wants and needs kind of change along that timeline. So, yeah, make sure you have a process for re re revisiting and revising your goals and tweaking or changing them if you need to. And how often would you do, would you do this? Ooh, I would say every six months, probably fine, uh, maybe a year, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave it longer than that. I mean, Ian, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, that's really a really useful insight into how we can set personal goals. Any other tips or, or hints that you can give us? Uh, yeah, probably a few spring to mind, uh, quick and, and simple ones. First, really basic one, which is a kind of golden rule, really, which is that a goal isn't a goal unless it's written down. So always write okay. down everything connected to your goals. Otherwise, they simply won't happen. 
Um, if you believe that, you know, that is, <laughs> that, just, just write them down. Just take that as gospel and, and always write them down. Now, there's another hack that I've kind of borrowed from the world of, of high-performing people, and that's about publicizing your goals. And this is something that some people, you know, well, we naturally have an aversion to doing this. So when a, a high-performing person sets a goal, uh, they know that one of the best ways in which they can motivate themselves to achieve it is to tell the world about it. Because what happens then, that then kind of creates a fear of failure, which makes it far more difficult for them to wimp out on it. So if, uh, think of an example, if, if you were to um, you say you wanted to enter the London Marathon next year for the first time, yeah. most people would keep it to themselves because they, you know, they may be worried that they'll, they might not stick to it or they might not complete the training. I'd definitely be keeping that to myself. I think I'd surprise <laughs> a few people if I did. Exactly. So, so what you do, you wouldn't tell anybody. And then if you wimp out, there's no embarrassment or shame. But of course, if you've, if you've told everyone that you're going to do it, then the, the fear of looking like a complete loser by wimping out is, is kind of enough to spur you into making sure that you do it. Another thing to, to recognise is that, that, that goal setting isn't a pass or fail thing. It's not a case of, of do it all or don't bother. Even if you do just a tiny amount of goal setting, you'll be way better off than those who don't do it at all, providing you treat it as an ongoing exercise and not just a, a one-off one. So if the idea of going kind of full fat on, on goal setting sounds a bit daunting, just go skinny out of the box. I mean, that's the approach uh, that's, uh, you know, one of our cornerstones at Property CEO, isn't it? it it's, uh, you know, when it comes to personal development. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it, it's so easy to look at all the things that you, you could do and then get overwhelmed yeah. and end up doing none of them. So, you know, our approach is to find, find a few things that you can do and that you feel comfortable doing that way you know you'll start to get some results so if you've been listening to this and thinking wow you know that sounds a bit full-on and trust me there will be some some things that you can do that will be easy to implement and uh, and that'll make a difference for you i think the uh, the the final thing to add is that there's uh, there's clearly a lot more to goal setting than we've been able to kind of cover off in this sort of fairly short episode so the you know the best advice uh, is to take some some time out to do some research and, and kind of get your, your goal setting sorted properly in a, in a way that works for you. Ian, that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Well, look, there's loads of really great points in there. But, I mean, if I was to try and pick out a few standout points, um, I mean, firstly, you know, that last point you made really resonates with me, you know, as, as it was at Property CO, you know, that's what we're all about. Just start by having a, a few simple goals. There's no need to go mad and map out every goal under the sun. You know, ease yourself in gently so you can uh, get the goal setting magic working in, in one area first of all before you you go full fat as you said um, and get out there so you've got to to do what works for you to start with I like that I think that's good I, certainly how I would work is just work on a bit at a time because you get a result and then and then that's, that's you really, really good it does yeah second thing uh, I think it's really important is, is to write down your goals um, and to keep referring back to them if you don't write them down they don't exist, as you said, and I think that's a really great way of looking at it. And actually, I write my goals down, and I have them on the wall in front of my desk, and, and I look at them. And, uh, I mean, there is people who say you've got to say them out loud. Every day, look at your goal yeah. and say it out loud. I think I, I, I was listening on an audio book the other week. Say it out loud first thing in the morning and say it out loud last thing at night before you leave the office. So I think that's really good, writing them down to add to that, maybe saying them out loud. But to be honest, one of the biggest things for me was the way in which you link goals with sub-goals. I mean, you went on a bit about sub-sub-sub-goals. I but, did. 
uh, you know, you end up achieving your biggest goals automatically. And I love that. And, um, you know, I think that people will remember the sub, sub, sub bit. And I'm emphasizing that for a reason. If you think about that, as you said, it, they automatically come about. And I, and I really, I really like that. You know, uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's really good. Uh, you know, it's not rocket science, but it's easy to, to get blinded by the enormity of the bigger goals that you, you forget you know, the, the travel big distances just, just to get you where, where you want to and just take those little steps. I think it's a lot easier. And, then, and of course, uh, the only time you don't end up reaching your goals uh, is when you stop taking those little steps, which oh, is exa- what you said. Exactly the point. I mean, how powerful is that? If you, if you just keep taking those little steps, um, it's all you need to do because, you know, you, you'll, you'll, that you'll automatically achieve the bigger goals by just by doing that. Uh, just stick to the little steps. Um, the problem that most people have is that they never think about what the little steps are. So as a result, they've got little chance of ever achieving their goals. Yeah, I, I heard something the other day which I actually uh, said to my daughter is you only fail when you stop. Yeah, don't when you give up. You don't fail. Yeah, absolutely right. Ian, uh, that's been great. Thank you very much. Uh, well, this is uh, all we've got time for in this episode, so good luck with your own goal setting out there. Join us again next time when we'll be giving you the inside track on another part of the property world. In the meantime, feel free to check out our other episodes and you can visit our website, which is at propertyceo.co.uk. But until next time, it's goodbye from us both. Goodbye.